Most people take an interest in the value of the dollar only when travelling abroad or buying something overseas on the internet. But the value of the New Zealand dollar is an important indication of the strength of the economy. And in recent times, the New Zealand dollar has been at or near all-time highs against the currencies of most of its major trading partners. This Radio New Zealand Insight asks if a high New Zealand dollar is a help or a hindrance. The rise and rise of the New Zealand dollar may have levelled off overnight, but as far as exporters are concerned... The stubbornly high New Zealand dollar last year has left exporters more exposed than usual to further strengthen the currency in 2013. The high New Zealand dollar has been in the news in recent times, topping 86 US cents in April before retreating to the high 70s, which the Reserve Bank would still consider overvalued. Alan Hercock lost his job at carpet maker Norman Ellison last year, due in part to the firm's inability to compete with cheap imports. They were employing me, paying me good money, and, and really looking after me. And uh, then, of course, the bottom fell out of the, the wall. You know, they just, it just skyrocketed and didn't make it economical enough. Yeah. It had the, you know, I'd been made redundant before, I got stressed bad. While export sales have risen, thanks in no small part to Asia's emerging demand for food, some exporters complain the high dollar is jeopardising their livelihood. But others argue the exchange rate reflects the strength of the economy. And the executive director of retailer Briscoe's, Rod Duke, says consumers have benefited from a high currency. We can offer merchandise at a cheaper price than we otherwise might be able to, uh, or at the same time, or and perhaps, um, we can offer better quality merchandise at a real good price because we can buy that real good quality merchandise uh, better than we otherwise would. I'm Patrick O'Mara, and this insight investigates the long-term consequences of a high New Zealand dollar for exporters and consumers. Can both be winners? So how may I help you today? Oh, look, I was after some currency. Fantastic. What, what currency were you looking at? I was looking at uh, US dollars, about $200 worth. The New Zealand dollar has been a free-floating currency since 1985, after the government abandoned attempts to fix the currency against other currencies. A senior client advisor at Bancorp Treasury Services, Peter Kavanagh, explains how its value is decided by supply and demand for that currency, rather than fixed by the government or central bank. In its simplest term, the exchange rate is the rate at which you would exchange one currency for another. And in the past that has been fixed, but in the modern world that is now a very fluid relationship. So, for example, the New Zealand-US exchange rate, that's the rate that we would exchange one New Zealand dollar for US dollars. Uh, and that's how we quote it. Similarly, one New Zealand against one Australian, that is the relationship between the two exchange rates. Mr Kavanagh says economic factors are the main driver of the dollar. The economic influences are simply the economic balances between the two economies where there is a direct relationship. So that means that there is the demand for the currency or demand for one currency against the other. Now that's typically a factor of the relative states of the economies, um, uh, their inflation, their interest rates, uh, the political setup in the two economies. Um, and also whether they're in exchange controls in one or either of the jurisdictions. The head of research at Bank of New Zealand, Stephen Topless, says the resilience of New Zealand's economy compared with its major trading partners has been behind its strong showing. We didn't dive in the global financial crisis in the same way that a number of other jurisdictions did. 
uh, largely because um, our economy was in good shape going into it. Uh, we had a very solid banking sector uh, and the government really didn't have to ride to the rescue uh, in the manner that it did elsewhere. So in a comparative sense, we looked very, very stable. Uh, we we're also aided and abetted, of course, by uh, very strong commodity prices. Uh, and we were exporting the right things to the right people, namely to uh, developing Asia, uh, which, which also propped up the economy. So, so overall, just New Zealand looked great against a very, very poor uh, economic backdrop elsewhere. Speculators can also play a major role in driving the direction of the currency. Measures to keep economies afloat by near-zero interest rates and printing money, called quantitative easing, by the world's major Western economies, has driven the New Zealand dollar to all-time highs against the US, Europe and Japan. The New Zealand dollar is among the top ten traded currencies in the world, and Bancorp's Peter Kavanagh says there are good reasons it's so attractive to speculators. The New Zealand dollar is overvalued if you look at the economic differences. However, the New Zealand dollar is moved to this value because these speculators, those looking at the financial influences, are looking from a risk-reward perspective. New Zealand provides a very low risk, but we have a high reward, uh, high interest rates, and the inflation rate isn't that outrageous, but we're also providing high nominal and high real interest rates. Um, high, high real interest rates in our government bonds is something that you haven't been able to achieve, in, for example, in US and Europe and Japan for some time. So these speculative flows have pushed up the New Zealand dollar because there's simply supply-demand. In other words, the demand for the New Zealand dollar is driven by financial considerations, not economic considerations. This is one of our newest masks. We call it ESOM. It's a nasal mask. It's extremely comfortable, very, very easy to fit. And has Mike Daniel is the chief executive of Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, which is one of the country's major exporters, producing medical devices for respiratory and sleep disorder problems. The firm exports nearly all of its products, and sales are forecast to top $600 million this financial year. Mr Daniel says the dollar is an important determinant of its profitability. We sell in all sorts of uh, currencies. The biggest would be the US dollar, about half of our revenue. The next largest would be the euro. So it's much better for our profitability, if you like, for the New Zealand dollar to be weak. Uh, as it happens over the last decade, for nine of those ten years, it's actually got uh, stronger in value, which has been quite a hill for us to climb. Mr Daniel says he's resigned to the New Zealand dollar remaining high. We decided two or three years ago that this is the new normal and have made sure that we are putting ourselves in a position to be able to deal with that. And uh, if that's the case, that's fine. I say if it, if it weakens, well, that's a bonus. Yeah. Does um, what, uh, when you say it's the new normal, what sort of ranges are we talking about now? Which you, which you, which you want uh, to, well, you can operate in. Uh, well, we're thinking in, in the in the mid eighty cent range uh, to the US dollar, and you know the sixty cent range to the euro is is being where it has been over the last year. Most of the time, it's weakened in the last couple of weeks a bit, but uh, we, we're treating that as the new normal. Of course, that's well above the longer term averages, even so. But not all firms can cope. The headlines are grim for people working in manufacturing, say the trade unions who want government help. The Engineering, Printing and Manufacturing Union's National Secretary, Bill Newson, says manufacturers have suffered, costing jobs. During 2012, we had over 100 different separate uh, companies employing EPMU members who uh, initiated redundancies. And um, there's always a variety of reasons for redundancies, but the common theme 
running through these redundancies uh, was employers telling us that they couldn't compete because of the overvalued dollar. Mr Newson says last year's job losses was a massive jump on previous years. But that trend has continued and he's expecting more redundancies this year. He says that's been compounded by these well-paid, skilled workers mostly ending up in low-paying, temporary jobs to make ends meet. That's been the experience of Alan Hercock, who lost his job in charge of the yarn-winding machines at Norman Ellison last year. I've worked all my life and earned my money, you know, and we still have a mortgage to support, and that will go on until I turn my toes up. But um, when my feet were kicked out from underneath me, I just collapsed in a heap. And I'm now 65, but, you know, I've got another five years working me, I'm sure, you know. And, you know, you go, you go and temp job. Um, so you've not been able to find anything permanent? No, I haven't been able to find. I've had promises, you know. Um, this company here, um, the guy said, oh, you know, it's, it's going to be permanent, it's going to be permanent. You know, and and in the end, I mean, he was he was not a nice person. Every now and again, he'd stand us down. You know, say, "Oh, I don't need you today, tomorrow, or the next day. Come in on Monday." So he didn't have secure employment no, either. No, so you know, and so we go on a Monday, and and that'd be right. And then you might you get a text, "Oh, don't come in tomorrow." Manufacturers are not the only ones feeling the pain of a high exchange rate. Hawkes-based sheep farmer Sam Robinson says while he's learned to live with a high currency in his 30-plus years farming, it's the unpredictability of the exchange rate that hurts most. The volatility is the thing that upsets you most. For instance, we've just been through a drought and we've had to sell a lot of our stock, about 20% of our stock, at the high currency, 82, 84, um, and now we've got to buy back in and the currency is sort of around 77, 78. So that hurts, that volatility does hurt, but once again, I'm not quite sure how you're meant to control or, or uh, fight that. It's just one of the facts of life we've got to deal with in our risk management. The executive director at Beef and Lamb New Zealand Economics Service, Rob Davison, points out the dollar has a particular impact on volatile commodity products like meat. If you go back to 2007-08, we had the worst of all possible worlds. We had low international uh, prices for meat and wool particularly, and we had a very high exchange rate, and that actually, those combined, they drove farm profit down to the lowest in 50 years. In fact, it was $10,000 per farm. It was pretty low, and farmers made up for the difference with borrowing at that stage, and that was actually pre the global financial crisis, and banks were lending money pretty easily to farmers. Things changed after 2008. Roll forward now to uh, 2011-12, and that was one of our best uh, farm profit years. And we had a much higher exchange rate. Instead of 77 cents uh, US average, we, we were sitting up around 81 cents US average, and yet we had a good profit year. And that was because of food price inflation. International prices for meat and wool had climbed, and particularly meat had climbed substantially. And so the price effect globally had accelerated way ahead of the exchange rate. But it's not all bad news. There's little doubt consumers have been the winners from a high New Zealand dollar. Um, I've been in the retail game since I was 16, so, um, you know, by the look of me, I've been in the business for, for almost 100 years. Um, Rod Duke is the executive director of Briscoe Group, which runs the Briscoe's Homeware, Rebel Sports and Living and Giving retail chains. 
Mr Duke says shoppers have had it good. Our buyers are away in Europe uh, every year um, and also the Far East towards the end of the year and um, you know we make choices um, about what merchandise we're going to be buying and offering to the public uh, based on uh, what we see as very, very good, good value. And if we can buy more, um, um, more good-looking merchandise and good-performing merchandise and good-quality merchandise for pretty much the same dollar value that we could when we had a low dollar, then we'll choose to do that. So we'll have good-looking stuff, really high-quality stuff, at a, at a real good price. A higher exchange rate has also made foreign-made electronic and durable goods like furniture and whiteware cheaper. But it's the cost of petrol that best illustrates the effect of the dollar. Mark Stockdale is a policy analyst at the Automobile Association. Uh, basic uh, rule of thumb, uh, which is that a, a one cent drop in the Kiwi dollar uh, will equate to a one cent increase in the pump price of fuel, and that's petrol and diesel. Mr Stockdale says a high New Zealand dollar has helped cushion the effects of high oil prices. For example, he says a low dollar when oil prices peaked just before the global financial crisis in 2008 would have hit motorists hard. Imagine what we would have been paying if our exchange rate was 55 cents when oil prices were 141. So we were paying $2.19 uh, when our exchange rate was 76 cents. If the exchange rate had been 55 cents, um, we would have been paying uh, something like $2.40 a litre. And if taxes had been 24 cents higher, as they are now, um, in fact we would have been paying uh, over $2.60 a litre. And as drivers have found out this month, a falling dollar has delivered a nasty whack to the wallet or purse. Following a three cent a litre tax hike, the oil companies put up prices by another four cents a litre, partly due to the falling currency. Briscoe's Rod Duke says sharp changes in petrol prices can quickly stifle other retail spending. It wasn't that long ago that a, that a $2 a litre for fuel in this country was absolutely abhorrent. And I remember when it happened. The retail business here, uh, certainly in Auckland, certainly across the nation, just absolutely dropped dead the moment it hit $2 a litre. Because people were thinking, look, how am I going to survive? You know, I've still got to drive the kids to school, I've still got to pick up Dad, I've still got to see Mum on the weekends, we've still got to drive. You know, if the petrol goes from $1.50 to $2, which it did very, very quickly, you know, that's going to add 33% to my fuel bill. Well, I've got to take something from somewhere else. You know, I've got to make some savings in my household account somewhere else. So we'll eat sausages instead of pork, you know. Um, yes, it has an effect. But there are advantages to a high Kiwi dollar. Well, good morning and a warm welcome to the, to the Reserve Bank. There are multiple forces shaping the New Zealand economy and the key ones are the changing uh, global economic outlook, the scale of the Canterbury rebuild, the high exchange rate and the buoyancy of the housing market. BNZ Stephen Topless says it's made the central bank's core job of keeping inflation in check much easier. One of the major reasons, if not the major reason, uh, why inflation's been so low in New Zealand is because the currency's been so high. Uh, and as we see the currency uh, depreciate, then that's going to come through in domestic prices. And, and if you want an example of that, just look at what's happened to petrol prices um, over the last few weeks. That's an instantaneous response. But in due course, it will feed through to almost every imported good that we've got. 
uh, and that upward pressure on prices will inevitably eat into household disposable incomes, and it will also inevitably leave us with higher interest rates. Mr Topless says a lower currency is likely to push up inflation and interest rates. The other point to, um, to remember on the, uh, the front of a falling currency is not just that it pushes up inflation, but it also pushes up interest rates. So um, if you're a, a householder that's been listening to all this noise about how New Zealand's success will be dependent on a, a weaker currency, just be prepared for the fact that not only are you going to be paying more um, in the shop for your goods and services, but you're also going to be paying higher interest rates. Um, so on a net basis, you may find that a lot of New Zealand householders are actually much worse off uh, and that you might be, care- be careful what you wished for. So is there a right level for the dollar? The EPMU's Bill Newson says a dollar in the mid-60s US cents would be about right. We don't believe you can drive a successful economy with a New Zealand dollar valued around 40 cents US. Uh, so, so, you know, we're talking about a, the right balance. There's no point being able to buy a flat-screen TV for $100 cheaper than normal uh, if you haven't got a job. Uh, there's no point being able to to get a few cents off uh, the litre of petrol if you haven't got a job. Briscoe's Rod Duke says he'd be happy to share the spoils with exporters. You're never going to be able to arrive at it. Someone's always going to want it a little higher or a little lower. But certainly if you look in the most recent history, and the most recent history that I've looked at, the range is probably 63 to 83. That's really the range it's been. Now, I remember when um, the currency started to climb and climbed significantly, and, you know, if you take a midpoint there, you know, I know as a net importer, you know, we could survive very adequately at 70, 71, 72, 73, somewhere in there. But look, if we had to survive at 63, we'd probably still survive at 63 because at the end of the day, the, the competitive forces are the same, you know, ac- across the market uh, because the currency is the same for all of us. So... The, the good job we're doing now at 85 will simply be the good job we'll do at 65. So it's neutral for us, but as an importer, look, I, I, look I'd be happy to share some with the exporters. You know, I think 85's a bit high. I think 63's probably a bit low. You know, if we could sit down and have an arm wrestle and all agree on 71, so I'd be happy to do that. There have been controversial calls for the government and Reserve Bank to actively intervene to bring down the level of the dollar, using measures such as printing money or selling more New Zealand dollars. The elephant in the room always has been the exchange rate. And until we understand that the market mechanism is failing in terms of giving New Zealand an exchange rate that is appropriate for the New Zealand economy, then we are always going to be... Many economists and influential business people doubt it would work. Everyone thinks there's a sort of a magical printing press in the sky that solves all our problems, and nothing could be further from the truth, and it's extremely dangerous thinking. The New Zealand Initiative is a free market think tank, formed from a merger of the Business Roundtable and the New Zealand Institute. Its executive director, Oliver Hartwich, says intervention comes with considerable risks, particularly to the balance sheet of the Reserve Bank. The New Zealand dollar is certainly quite strong. Whether it's overvalued is another question. Whether you can change it, even if it is overvalued, is quite another question because how can a country the size of New Zealand um, really do something about um, its exchange rate? It's incredibly difficult, even if you can have a a medium-term impact 
on your exchange rate, you're probably buying that medium-term impact by going uh, through big risks. You're basically blowing up the balance sheet of your reserve bank. And we can see that in a number of countries that are currently trying to limit their exchange rates. I mean, Switzerland's the perfect case, but in Switzerland, the Swiss National Bank has about two-thirds of Swiss GDP on its, on its balance sheet now in foreign reserves, and that's probably not a good idea. The EPMU's Bill Newson supports intervention, but says there are other changes he'd like the government to pursue. You only have to look at our competing economies to see some of the different policy alternatives and strategies that we could use. When people talk about alternative policies, we're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, we look at the Scandinavian, Western European um, and, and uh, Canadian, Australian, uh, a lot of our competitive economies, they have positive uh, government-led procurement policies. They have assistance for research and development. Uh, they have tax policy that tends to drive investment out of the speculative sector and into the productive sector uh, much more than we're able to do in New Zealand. A former Fletcher Building Director, Hugh Fletcher, says the high New Zealand dollar is partly a symptom of the country's failure to live within its means, and it needs to return to saving more locally and investing more in the export sector. He has his own proposal. Mr Fletcher says foreign investors are taxed at 2% on the interest income for investing here, compared with 33% for domestic savers, which he believes, if corrected, could help reduce some of the causes of an overvalued currency. At some times, the interest rate differential between what foreign investors can get investing in US treasuries as against investing in New Zealand government treasuries or in New Zealand corporate bonds, uh, that interest rate differential is a key driver of short-term money flows. Now, you can do things to drive a wedge between the interest rate you want to control inflation and the interest rate that is paid to foreigners. You can do that through taxation policy. And at the moment, we have a taxation system that is geared in favour of foreigners and against, foreign savers and against domestic savers. We basically charge 2% tax to foreign savers investing in New Zealand dollars, and we charge 33 cents to New Zealand savers. Now, that's completely the long way round if you're trying to grow domestic savings and, and, and rely less on foreign savings. Now, is that an intervention? Or would you say the fact that we're giving a 2% tax rate to foreign lenders an intervention? So there are things you can do besides the straw man of buying and selling New Zealand dollars. The upwards trajectory of the dollar has divided political parties over how to deal with an overvalued currency. The Labour Party's finance spokesperson, David Parker, says more direct means are needed. Mr Parker says the introduction of a capital gains tax and changes to the Reserve Bank's single focus on inflation to include the exchange rate should deter some short-term speculation in the dollar. It's very convenient for the government to say, we can do nothing about the dollar, it's all up to the Reserve Bank. And then the Reserve Bank very conveniently sits back and it says, well, of course, Parliament, under the Reserve Bank Act, tells us to give primacy to inflation targeting, and we're doing just that. So the government's off the hook, from their point of view, and then the Reserve Bank's off the hook, so no one's on the hook. And I'm saying that politicians need to be on the hook 
for the state of the New Zealand economy. And a big part of the hollowing out of New Zealand's economy, the loss of our productive jobs, the narrowing of our export base towards primary products, the push in our economy towards speculative assets rather than the sorts of assets that uh, provide employment, these are problems that responsible government should address. Not surprisingly, the government disagrees. The Economic Development Minister, Stephen Joyce, says intervention doesn't work. New Zealand is a, is a very small country on the world stage. I mean, what's been driving this is frankly the, the value of the US dollar uh, and, and uh, how the world sees that value. And so you know, to suggest that somehow New Zealand can influence the US dollar's value, I think, you know, just flies against a reality. And most, uh, well, in fact, nearly all countries uh, who have been um, you know, dealing with that, you know, the, the Australians and so on. Um, no, there's very little that they can do. If the if the US dollar is valued at a lower level, um, then as by definition, all those that trade with the US are valued at a higher level. It's a relativity scheme. It's it's some people treat it as if it's a something that New Zealand can just dial up or dial down on its own. Well, actually, we don't we don't get to do that. Mr. Joyce believes the high New Zealand dollar has made the export sector more resilient. New Zealand Initiatives Oliver Hartwich agrees saying firms that have withstood the pressures created by a high currency have adapted for the better, producing higher-valued added goods and running leaner operations. If your dollar is strong and if it um, continues to remain strong against other currencies, then of course uh, it will become cheaper for foreign manufacturers to export their stuff and their goods to New Zealand. And the only chance for our own manufacturers then to stay in the game is to simply become better at it, become more productive, more efficient. And we can see in economic history quite a few examples of countries that had strong currencies and still man managed to stay big manufacturers. And the way they did that was to shift their manufacturing activities to high, highly productive segments of the economy where they stay top of the game. Mr Hartwich says that stands a trading nation like New Zealand in good stead for when the global economy eventually picks up a head of steam and the dollar falls once again. Some manufacturers and unions worry a high currency has resulted in firms under-investing for growth. The EPMU's Bill Newson says that could hobble firms' efforts to take maximum advantage of it when that happens. We don't think you can save every manufacturing job in, a, in, its, in the form that it started with forever, otherwise we'd be making you know, funny wooden wheels for wooden wagons. But in among those job losses in recent times, there have been jobs lost from very highly internationally competitive leading-edge uh, companies. One of the companies we use as an example is Raycon, high-end electronics manufacturer, highly competitive, highly uh, innovative, couldn't compete against the exchange rate, lost 60 jobs. And this is one of the things that offends manufacturing employers when they're lectured at uh, to lift their game. And for consumers accustomed to paying cheap prices for goods? Close the deal with Field Day's offers now extended till the end of July. End of financial year sale is on now. Save across the entire range. The brands you know, the value you love. Briscoe's chief executive, Rod Duke, says shoppers have lived for the past couple of years in abnormal times, with retailers eager to attract their patronage amid subdued demand. Mr Duke says a higher dollar and therefore more expensive imported goods is a pill consumers will have to swallow. I'm Patrick O'Mara, and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to contact us, you can send an email to insight at radionz.co.nz or send us a tweet at rnz underscore insight. I wrote and presented that program.
It was produced by Philip Atolli with technical production by Steve Burridge.